reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. You, Lord, are our Father, our Redeemer, you named it forever. Why do you let us wander, O Lord, from your ways, and harden our hearts, so that we fear you not? Return for the sake of your servants, the tribes of your inheritance. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, with the mountains quaking before you. While you wrought some awesome deeds we could not hope for, such as they had not heard of from of old. No ear has ever heard, no eye ever seen, any God but you doing such deeds for those who wait for him. Would that you might meet us doing right, that we were mindful of you in our ways. Behold, you are angry and we are sinful. All of us have become like unclean people. All our good deeds are like polluted rags. We have all withered like leaves and our guilt carries us away like the wind. There is no one who calls upon your name, who rouses himself to cling to you. For you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us up to our guilt. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hands. The word of the Lord.
reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always on your account for the grace of God bestowed on you in Christ Jesus, that in him you were enriched in every way with all discourse and all knowledge as, as the testimony to Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep you firm to the end, irreproachable on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, and by him you were called to fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The word of the Lord. Dominus Fabiscum, et Spiritu Tuo, Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Marcum, Gloria Jesus said to his disciples, Be watchful, be alert. You do not know when the time will come. It is like a man traveling abroad. He leaves home and places his servants in charge, each with his own work, and orders the gatekeeper to be on the watch. Watch, therefore, you do not know when the Lord of the house is coming, 
whether in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or in the morning. May he not come suddenly and find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to all, watch. Verbum Domini. We celebrate the first Sunday of Advent. We kick off, begin the Advent season. The word Adventus means visit or arrival. In ancient times spoke of the king and his arrival. It's taken up by the Christians to talk about the arrival of the word made flesh, that God is here, he is present. And we're called during this season in preparation for Christmas to pause, to seek that presence. We see the church's liturgy, the catechism teaches in Advent, it makes present the ancient expectancy of the Messiah and renews our longing for his second coming. So we have these readings mixed in about the second coming, but also Old Testament prophecies today. We have Isaiah 63, these uh, servant songs of Isaiah talking about the Messiah. So the goal is to try to, you know, develop in us, to foster in us this desire for the Lord. Do we need him? Are we longing for him? Pope Benedict XVI <clears throat> described it that we are to pause and understand his presence. We have a great theme of silence. <clears throat> it's a great even though it's a very busy time of year for many people to take some time out for silence and just to focus on that. And we know John the Baptist, in the immediate preparation for the coming, he talks about that he must increase, I must decrease. I've, I've got to get small. I've got to open my life up to Christ, you know, push other things aside. And the final prayer today of the Mass is a beautiful prayer it says, may these mysteries, O Lord, in which we have participated, profit us, we pray. For even now, as we walk amid passing things, you teach us by them to love the things of heaven and hold fast to what endures. It's a great description of Advent. We walk amid passing things. Hold fast to the things that endure. Jesus Christ, hold fast to God. This world is passing. God comes to us throughout our lives, you know, certainly in our time of prayer, we can have experiences of him and serving others, we can experience of him and the crosses that we have and the fellowship of believers, many different ways he comes to us. And Advent is trying to foster this expectation, this longing, this experience. And we're called to recognize our need for him, our complete, total, desperate need for him. And we've all hit walls in our life, maybe in our vocation, in our discernment, our state of life, difficulties there in marriage, health, financial problems, personal loss, personal struggles for holiness, loneliness, frustration. All those poverties that we can experience is opening us 
up to God. It's giving us an opportunity for him to come into our life to fill those needs. And that's what I, I think the, these readings today speak of that, the, the primacy of grace, the necessity of God, that we can't do it on our own, our own strength. That's not our religion. You know, our, our Christian religion and the religion, the Jewish faith, is that God comes to us. Not that we're perfecting ourselves, not that we are somehow finding him. He's breaking into our our lives. And this, I was reading from Isaiah 63, it expresses this so poetically. You know, he cries out, and this, this is written at the time of the Babylonian captivity, 500 years you know, before Christ, and, and they're, being, they're coming back from that captivity. It's believed that this section is written. He says, why do you let us wander, O Lord, from your ways? and harden our hearts so that we fear you not. Even, even that wandering, you know, we need God's grace to bring us back. God's grace moves our hearts, moves our wills towards him. We're dependent on him for even that. Why do you let us wander? Without God's grace, I get lost in the desert. My heart gets hardened. He says, return for the sake of your servants. A plea, we're in desperate need of you. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down with the mountains quaking before you while you wrought awesome deeds we could not hope for. Rend the heavens, tear open the heavens and come down to earth because we need you. Revelation <clears throat> talks about, you know, I stand at the door and knock, <clears throat> you know, open the door for me. I think there's two times in our life we just need Jesus to kick the door in, just to bust into our life. And he does that sometimes in very difficult circumstances. He's got our attention with the cross, and then he's there. He's coming into our life in a forceful way. Now, we always have to respond in freedom and love, but he's coming. He comes. He makes different passes into our life. Rend the heavens. Tear open the heavens and come down. Would that you might find us doing right, <clears throat> that we were mindful of you in our ways. You know, the Ten Commandments and the law and all the rules, our morality, our ethics of Christianity, is to get us to walk with Christ. I'm, I'm sprinting off in the opposite direction when I sin. I'm wandering in the desert when I'm sinning. These, the law is to guide us to Christ. It doesn't save us. Jesus saves us. But that's the path that we are to walk. Isaiah says, All of us have become like unclean people, polluted rags, <clears throat> you know, the images of sinfulness, that we've withered like leaves. Our guilt carries us away like the wind. That we, you know, we turn inward with sin. Sin makes us self-obsessed, self-centered, and we become like withered leaves. Isn't that a great image? Not leaves that are grass, like the tree planted, the tree planted by the stream. We hear in the Psalms that beautiful image: the tree's healthy and vibrant, the leaves look nice and green and fresh. We become like withered leaves without Him. None who calls upon Your name 
and rouses himself to cling to you. Isn't that a description of our time? None, you know, cries out your name. We quit praying. Do we have a disciplined personal prayer life? Rouses himself to cling to you. Are we seeking the Lord? Are we trying to cling to him at all costs? Is that first in our life? For you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us up to our guilt. You know, we, the only way we can be free to that guilt is in the, the mercy of God, the merciful Jesus, forgiving us our sins. That's the face of God. The Father shows us is the face of Christ. It's by him. You know, at the time of, of Jesus, the Davidic lines of kings were cut off. This is over five centuries before Christ. In the Babylonian captivity, the last of the prophets were 450 years B.C. Uh, the Ark of the Covenant had been lost at the captivity. They hid it to this day. They don't know where it is. I mean, that is like aching for fulfillment. They've lost the stream of prophets and kings and the Ark, which is a symbol of God's presence, that cloud of glory would descend upon the temple. It would be with them in battle in stressful times, leading them through the desert. I mean, as a, as a people, as a nation, they are deprived of these things due to their sinfulness, and Jesus comes in fulfillment of all that and goes well beyond these, these Old Testament types and prefigurements. He rends the heavens and comes down himself. And the psalm today, Lord, make us turn to you. Let us see your face and we shall be saved. Rouse your power, come to save us. It just all speaks of the primacy of get grace. Make us turn to you. Rouse your power, come to save us, because we can't save ourselves. And Paul, throughout his letters, the second reading day, he, is, he teaches about grace. And we are a religion of grace, a dependent on God, that we need his help. It's by his initiative, even, that we are saved. He says, I give thanks to my God always on your account for the grace of God bestowed on you in Christ Jesus. That Jesus brings us the fullness of that grace and truth so that you're not lacking in any spiritual gift. Jesus pours the Holy Spirit upon us through his Paschal mystery. That Holy Spirit brings us the grace. He will keep you firm to the end. Even our perseverance, I make the decision I'm living a good life, but even to persevere in that, I need God's grace. And that you're called to fellowship with his son. Isn't that the message? We're focusing on this Christmas, this mystery of the incarnation, God becoming flesh. We're focusing on his presence. That's what we do in Catholicism. We have the sacraments, these rituals that we can do, but we're guaranteed that they bring grace to us. They bring us to the Lord, bestow his grace upon us. People might look from the outside and say, well, they're just like dry, empty rituals. And that's the, to me, that's the beauty of it. I don't have to get worked up into some fervor. 
or have to have some sensible, you know, interior experience, I can come and be baptized. Yes, there's outward signs, there are sensible things, the water's poured over the person's head, and that grace, that new life has given us, oil, symbol of strength, confirmation strengthens us, the Eucharist comes as our food and nourishment, his presence there under the outward signs of bread and wine. All that I can come and confession, I can hear the words of absolution that I know, I know I come with faith, not something I gin up myself, but faith. I know these things, this transformation, I'm encountering his presence in the sacraments. It's quite moving. And we help out in parishes here in Birmingham, fill in when priests are away, and sometimes we're, you know, like we're maybe filling in a daily mass or confessions on Saturday. And oftentimes the church has a stillness, you know, for the morning mass or a stillness and the confessions. I was at a church yesterday. It was actually, the lights weren't barely turned on. In fact, the doors were locked when I got there. And people quietly come and go to confession. It's not some big show. It's not some big uh, scene that they're part of. God is working there in a powerful way. We're seeking his presence in silence and humility, but coming in faith, not in a worldly way, the way the world does it, with great dazzling, you know, entertaining experiences. It's faith. And we receive grace that gift of the Holy Spirit, a gift from God, a participation in the life of God. It's by God's initiative that he's calling us back to repent that I can even want him. Wow. It's happening in the Catholic Church, this extraordinary way. So the gospel today says, be watchful, be alert. We walk amid passing things. You teach us by them to love the things of heaven. Creation's good, the world's good. Marriage and family are beautiful gifts, and they point to God himself. These experiences of God's love that we have on earth, the goodness that we see in his gifts in the world, experience of our humanity, this great gift, points us to an even greater heavenly fulfillment. We can experience some degree of it now, but there's always something lacking. These things are passing. You teach us by them to love the things of heaven. Go farther. Go farther to heaven itself. That's the fulfillment.